off top. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie. We had preseason football to talk about. I was ready to break down, tell you who to watch out for, and tell you what teams are going to do what, what young quarterback. Who cares? James Harden's hilarious. <laughs> he went all the way to China so that he could say that James, or say that um, Daryl Morey uh, is a liar. Let me say that again. And I will not play for any organization. That's just... So James Harden is the king. Oh, he did. It was very presidential in this campaign season. James Harden is the king of forcing your way out. I don't know that anybody is better at it. I don't, the best. I don't necessarily think that he believes what he's saying, but he's like, I got a thing to do. I've already exhausted the fat suit, but now I'm going to go ahead with just going right at what has been his, like his basketball partner. Like they've been joining the hip ever since Daryl Morey kind of rose to prominence because he got a multiple time MVP in a trade right from under the nose of the Oklahoma City's thunder. And that made Daryl Morey into like nerd Elvis, super analytics guy. He's built a whole brand off of it, had lots of success, got lots of jobs. And then he has at every job he seemed to want to include was well, two jobs but he seemed to want to bring James Harden along and build around him he's called him the greatest scorer of all time ahead of Michael Jordan yeah which I mean it's a it's a dumb distinction which is also if you I guess what do you when I think of greatest scorer I don't think of James Harden if you want to say like greatest scorer and the test is like who do you want taking the final shot, that's probably the cl- most clutch person. But who, when you say greatest scorer, are you talking about who has the most like effective and deep bag of moves? I still wouldn't say James Harden, but whatever. I guess you look at his numbers, he's been an incredible scorer. No, and that's a, that was a love, la- love, love letter to James Harden. Just like it, we had the beautiful moment that was like notebook ask of Daryl Morey hugging James Harden on the tarmac after the Ben Simmons trade. Like all of this has just been, you know, a long-standing sonnet from Daryl Morey to James Harden that got broken over the last year because of James Harden's contractual situation. <laughs> Let's go through that that uh, extended sonnet because I know you'd love nothing more than going down the James Harden rabbit hole to all his career highlights i guess Mm -hmm. so i'll hand the floor to you have have at it okay i want to do a tiny bit of setup of how did we get here because this is a really unique player in terms of nba history here's the list of guys who've had four straight top three mvp finishes bill russell oscar robertson kareem abdul jabbar larry bird magic johnson michael jordan tim duncan kobe bryant lebron james and james harden this is an all-time great, regardless of his playoff foibles, his failures. Um, is there anybody his... in that group that is similar to James Harden, you know, in style of play? Because, I don't know, like, I don't think about him, and I probably don't think about him like them because of the postseason uh, mistakes, yeah. and all those guys are all-time greats who have won championships and been great in clutch moments. But when I think of James Harden's um, style of play, it's... Like draw flat, draw fouls, shoot step backs, and do a herky jerky drive. Right, that's 
essentially the James Harden I mean, he, offensive bag. He invented a, he invented a new style of play. Yeah, that's one of the things that was so fascinating about him. He basically took threes, layups, and free throws and made that his entire um, you know on court game. Yeah, I mean, he was the the on court manifestation of analytics. Right, offensive yeah. analytics. He was Daryl Morey's on court, like uh, Frankenstein's monster, because Frankenstein made the monster. He wasn't the monster, right? So that makes Daryl Frankenstein. Right. Anyway, all right, proceed down your beautiful list. Are you done setting up? Uh, the only other thing I want to set up is the part of the reason that we are here is because when he was with the Nets, he turned down a hundred sixty-one million dollar extension from Joe Sy, which he could have taken and then demanded a trade later in the off season. That was that was during the season. Um, that would have paid him $55 million in 25-26 starting next year. And so he's been chasing that since. Good for James Harden, showing some integrity. He's like, no, I'm not going to take this deal. I'm going to reject it because I want to move on. But I guess he ended up potentially being in line for the 200, right? Anyway, I'll, $225 I'll... million from the 76ers. And he thought he was going to get a four-year $225 million deal this offseason because he opted into a $14 million pay cut last offseason with a player option with his beloved Daryl Morey. Yeah, we should point that out, too, is like he didn't say explicitly why why Daryl Morey is a liar, uh, but I'm assuming it's because they had some sort of understanding that I'll take this below market deal now because I know you're going to take care of me uh, afterwards. And right, like that's what this is about or that's what we're assuming the lie is about. One hundred percent. And I think that the second part of that lie is he opted in, assuming after talking to Daryl Morey that he would try and trade him this offseason, which over the weekend, we found out that Daryl Morey was not going to do. He's expecting James Harden to show up to camp, which they we know does whole, not go well. They have a whole long, I mean, relationship like dating analogies are always iffy when you're talking about sports. They go off the rails. But these two have had a long relationship where they felt trust, like they trusted each other. They looked out for each other. I got your back. It's got to hurt for me right this now. It's a platonic to like, love story. It, it is. is. Like, it is. It is. It is a, definitely a bro's love story. Uh, I guess a business love story because they yeah. both have had. I don't think James Harden. I guess we don't. I give a lot of credit to James Harden for making Daryl Morey. But I don't know that we give any credit to Daryl Morey for making James Harden uh, because he put him in that system. I guess we got to. Making is a is a is a um, stretch, but someone believing in him is one step. I imagine there was a line of people who were interested in James Harden, but not who thought that he could be the superstar that he ended up turning out. Daryl Morey believed that uh, to be the case, and then you bring in D'Antoni and run that whole system that is completely constructed around one person. While everyone is looking for their big big three, they were like, you know what? We got this one guy, and we're going to build a real competitor. They, like, built a real competitor. They were the only team to give the KD Warriors a run for their yeah. money all around James Harden and Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, and the sec they always had a second star that was orbiting around the sun that was James Harden, whether it was Chris Paul, uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah. At the end, Russell Westbrook playing center. I mean, that's that's yeah, here. But none of those count. I'm sorry, Charlie. None of those count when we're talking about the big three that was in Miami. Yeah. The big three that was in uh, Golden State. This is <laughs> none of those guys are on that level. Like, I don't even no, think. No. Uh, yeah. If you go down to the big two, I don't think the big two. is. Chris Paul was to a to a to a degree like. But it was such a mismatch. But he was he was shimmying in Steph Curry's face, and he was one hamstring pull away 
in 2018 from actually being the best player in a Western Conference Finals that had Durant, Curry, Harden, and KD. Or Durant, Curry, Harden, and... Um, uh, yeah, I guess. All right. This is Steph. this is semantics. I, I don't disagree yeah. with you, but I think you're wrong. What's yeah. Your, <laughs> but it does, it, it, I'm getting in the way of your matter. list of heart and yeah. uh, um, memories. Okay. So now that we've had it all set up, how did we get here? So I'm going to list a bunch of uh, James Harden things that have happened. Um, and when one of them interests you, just tell me to stop. And okay. I, okay. They're, they're not in chronological order. Uh, that was too difficult because of the Reddit and Twitter's for your searching over the last, you know, decade of James Harden being a good buddy to all of us in the ESPN and content world. Okay, first one, the most notable James Harden thing. Going two for 11 in closeout games. Seven, six times in his career, three times in closeout games, and he narrowly avoided it this year, going three for 11 in the stinker he put out against the Celtics. Yeah, I don't want to hold you too long on this one, but this always brings me back to the, was it 2017 with the Warriors, the, they had them on the ropes. And the way we would talk about James Harden, the way we remember James Harden would be so much different if uh, he could have knocked out those KD Warriors back when they were going, all right, keep it moving. Okay, next one. Uh, the long compilation of him literally not moving oh, on yeah. defense. That was the first, I think it was the first viral defense clip. Yeah. You had to have loved that. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, yeah, it's not much to talk about there, but yeah, those are always hilarious where – it's like he fell asleep. However, it happened so many times where it was clear that he just didn't give a shit, which is kind of embarrassing. But anyway, keep it moving. Okay. Uh, this is where it starts to get spicy. Uh, he demanded three trades in three years. The first one is from Houston. And this is after, um, and just in his Houston tenure, we had the Daryl Morey love story, but he didn't love everyone there. Uh, first he feuded with Dwight Howard, who couldn't stand the way that, that Harden played, uh, within the feud, he feuded with his old coach, Kevin McHale and called him a clown because McHale said that Harden wasn't a leader. Um, he then feuded with Chris Paul over playing without ball movement. And apparently they stopped speaking. He then feuded with Russell Westbrook, who he forced Daryl Morey to trade Chris Paul for. Um, we believe. Yeah. We don't know that to be true. Well, he then traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall. They signed DeMarcus Cousins. He went out and partied with Lil Baby instead of showing up to Rockets workouts, which infuriated the notable hard workers, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, who then called him out for being disrespectful, which led to his trade request from Houston being executed. He ended up in Brooklyn, where he wanted to be on a super team, the hypothetical best team of all time with Kevin Durant and... Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving um, had some ignominious off-court activity and led to a trade demand there. I think we could leave that one at that. And then he got traded to Philly, where he has now feuded with Daryl Morey. He sort of feuded with Doc Rivers, who he said his relationship was just okay, and Doc was uh, fired 48 hours later. Notably, did not feud with Joel Embiid, although he did not show up to his wedding because he was soaking wet in a nightclub eating two cheeseburgers. James, uh, Joel Embiid called him his friend. Um, yeah, I, I within mean, all of that, there was a fat suit saga in yeah, Houston. <laughs> the fat suit saga. There's nothing to stop down on. You went through all of them. Like, you enjoy the feud history of James Harden more than most people. Um, I don't know how many of those I would consider feuds. Like, you were really reaching with the Doc Rivers one. He said the relationship was just okay, and then he got fired. That's not a feud. That's just like he knew that Doc was on the way out. That's not fair. And the, the Chris Paul thing, eh, that's just Chris 
Chris Paul's love language is anger with everyone. They don't, he just like doesn't get along. So I want some of those feuds off the record, but most of them do stand. And he's, uh, he, he truly seems to be one of the guys who doesn't care. Like a lot of athletes say they don't care what people think. He seems like, uh, like uh, some other famous people who we may not talk about, he seems like he he doesn't care about shame, which is a superpower in 2023. It's amazing. It's an amazing superpower because I feel like embarrassment is what's kept Damian Lillard in Portland for as long as it has. It's like, I don't want to be embarrassed because I'm the guy who said it who will never leave. And it's just like shame is such a motivator for so many of us. But anyway, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. I got a question about the Fat Suit Saga. Yeah, there's nothing. There was no question. What do you? Why you want to hang on the fat suit saga? It happened. He wore a fat suit. It was funny. Awesome. You want to bring well, him gonna, down on the fat suit saga? No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna annoy you. I'm gonna say, as a player who's been in the locker room, the the star of your team shows up in a fat suit and stops trying. What's what's the group chat like on your team where he's he's pulled out of the group chat? Now you guys are like this mother. <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah. I mean, take out. I think that he just. He's not, they're not new to this. That's the thing is when we had these situations where we had players who were just like erratic, no one was ever surprised. So the group chat wasn't popping like that. It was just more everybody, uh, a knowing look. And James Harden, the other thing is he's not a normal player. So, and, and that roster was not a roster loaded with guys that could say shit to James Harden. It was not. So, like, I just imagine everybody was looking around. They wanted him out of there just because it's annoying and distracting. But they also recognized that any chance they had his success was riding on James Harden. So you can't really. Yeah, it's like the owner and the superstar of the team. They are in the same boat. You better not say nothing greasy about either one of them. It's amazing. Um, next one. He publicly took a bunch of shots at Giannis for saying he has no skill. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Giannis, for, he said Giannis had no skill, right? Yeah. Or he said Giannis, yeah, winning the MVP or playing that way where you're just bigger and faster and stronger than everybody essentially was like no skill. And that was – then Giannis went on to win MVP and win in the finals and have clutch moments and stuff like that. Yeah, that was before – Instead of going two for 11. That was before Giannis won MVP, right? Oh, no, that was in reaction to him winning MVP, right? That was him winning an MVP over James Harden. That's right. That's right. And they had the whole campaign going for a couple of years. Anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, the next one I like is he partied with Drake for back-to-back nights in 2015 before must-win games against the Warriors. Uh, spoiler alert, he lost this. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. I mean, that's really bad. You got to – the thing of the matter is I imagine James Harden parties the night before lots of games and no one knows or cares, but – you can't party with Drake tonight. Like, if that's your process, you got you to gotta keep your pride. Like, you want to break your rituals? Like, I always am out late at night consuming all types of things the night before big games. I did it all the way back in high school. I got to keep it going. Don't do it with Drake because then the whole world knows. Like, I don't know. Just do it alone in your hotel room. All right, keep it moving. Okay. This one's a classic. It's I wish Pablo was here for this. Got his jersey, jersey retired at a strip club in Houston. Oh, yeah. That's so boring. Like, that's okay. – yeah. Pablo loves that, but, yeah, it's boring. Like, congratulations. Good for him. That's that's a hell of a distinction. Are there other ones up there? Because I remember hearing that was the first one. That's the next – like, are there other people who are not athletes who just have, like, a jersey retired at a strip club for – That'd be amazing. Bob from accounting. <laughs> yeah. It's like – yeah. He blows every check. In this place, in this establishment. But yeah, good for him. Taking care of a lot of tuitions. Way to go, James. Giving back to the community. 
the next one, <laughs> this one was just, I totally forgot about, it was hilarious, was him wearing the Blue Lives Matter mask in 2020 and then having it explained by Young Thug, who said that James Harden doesn't use the internet at all, which might explain his shamelessness. Yeah. And had no, he just thought it looked cool. <laughs> yeah. As I mentioned before, James does not have any shame. And he also strikes me as someone who really doesn't use the internet. Like I, I, I feel like outside of Instagram, I can't see James Harden use it like that's a believable thing when has james harden ever gotten involved in anything political or reasonable reasonably controversial or serious other than yeah the daryl Morey. anyway go ahead he apologized to the country of china on behalf of daryl Morey's tweet about freeing hong kong oh gosh and he he made his comments in china about daryl Morey, so he, he knew he would get a friendly audience um it wasn't in hong kong was it that was in Beijing. Okay, yeah. If he was in Hong Kong, he probably would have done things differently. Uh, and then my my personal favorite one is his great his playoff triumph came with him on the bench with a towel over his head while he was benched, and Josh Smith and Corey Brewer let a comeback against the Clippers. Yeah, I remember that comeback. I had yeah, and I also remember it was the bench squad that did it. <sighs> James Harden. This is such a terrible resume for such a great player. It's- I'm trying to think. I, I want to throw something in your face to be like, nah, man, when he did this. But it's like you could think of big games we had in the playoffs, but they were earlier in series where he eventually had atrocious games and never quite did anything. It's so sad. I mean, he beat the Spurs to get the Thunder to the finals. He was the X Factor. He was the person they yeah, could not guard. That's true. Um, I, unfortunately, that finals was Miami. And unfortunately, that was slightly before. Twitter was popping or we might have found out why he didn't play well against the Heat in that final series. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, like the Deuce. OKC to, to um, San Antonio is not the same temptation, huh, as Miami. I mean, you know what Charles Barkley says about San Antonio. Yeah, well, I do know what Charles I know what Charles Barkley says about a lot of things, and I don't repeat them. Yep, I'm exactly. I'm not Charles Barkley. Nor am I. <laughs> um, so that's really the James Harden saga from start to finish. I mean, he also may have dated OJ's daughter and Khloe Kardashian, but, you know, that's conspiracy theory for another day. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a conspiracy theory for the for another day. Uh, the um, So the 76ers are payment for the Eagles, right? That's what it comes down to. Because that's th- right. their their track record, uh, you shared a tweet with me. I don't. I got to credit the right person who tweeted this out of the Derek Bodner. Derek, Derek Bodner, Bodner the, tweeted out what the 76 have been through uh, since 2017. Traded the number one pick, drafted Markel Fultz over uh, Jalen or over Jason Tatum. Uh, GM Twitter controversy traded away Jimmy Butler. Then obviously Jimmy Butler goes on to do incredible things down in Miami. Fired coach, hired coach, then new GM Ben Simmons demands a trade. Uh, then they're subject to NBA investigation because of James Harden in that trade. And now we're at James Harden trade demands. I feel like there was some more sad stuff somewhere in there that just got left out. But this is a bad run. Don't worry, Philadelphia. Jalen Carter can't be blocked. And he might be the second or third best defensive lineman you got. You still got your O-line receivers. Jalen Hurts is MVP caliber. Just watch football, guys. It's the best. One thing before we get off this uh, James Harden thing. Do you think there is any chance the 76ers would pick James Harden over Daryl Morey? Because he never said, I will not play for the 76ers. He said, I will not play for Daryl Morey. Yeah. If you were trying to save Embiid's prime, which is rapidly 
careening towards a situation where they don't have a winnable roster around one of the three or four best guys in the league who's been awesome. Would you consider getting rid of Daryl Morey to be able to have a James Harden trade asset or save things with James Harden? How does this like? Because we're, we are question, generally a pro pro player podcast, yeah. but this is tricky. I think the answer to this question leans into our pro player position. Is you ask Joel Embiid. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, is who Joel Embiid feels more comfortable with. I think that it would be not James Harden. Um, so I think that's... His that's, friend, though. Called him a friend. Yeah, whatever. He wasn't at the wedding. But maybe he's also... I have friends who I probably don't think belong at, at weddings. Honestly, do you think a tiny part of Joel Embiid saw that video soaking wet James Harden with the two cheeseburgers in the club and was like, I'm actually glad he wasn't at the wedding. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If James Harden's at, or maybe his um his wife. James Harden's at the wedding. The wedding becomes about James Harden. <laughs> no, let Joel Embiid's like, let me have my one day, give my MVP trophy, give my wedding, and we don't have to have all the pictures coming out of James Harden drenched in sweat with uh, cheeseburgers. He's the They're best. looking at the seating chart at the tables and they're like, <laughs> We have to put him far enough away from the bar, close enough to the AC, and far far enough away from the dance floor that he I won't think, be an issue. I think the most important question is who you sit with James Harden. Like, I I don't know. I think you go all grandparents around James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, the seating arrangement at my wedding, we had a couple of tables that we put all of our, like, single and successful friends. And we got a, we got a marriage out of it. We, um... That's amazing. Yep. We are responsible for a marriage and two wonderful kids. I'm the godfather of at least one of them, I think. Anyway. Look at that. Speaking of love stories, roses and thorns. What a transition. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. And here it is, everybody's favorite segment with um, my favorite person. We'll pretend this is the first time in like four weeks. Really, I did it last week, but I was so out of it when we did it. And we did it from home. <sighs> he agrees. Um, <laughs> you were out of it. I was. It, I wasn't, was. Our, it wasn't our best roses and thorns. I got to be was, honest It was with pretty you. bad. Between jet lag and I've gotten used to being like in person with you and jet lag and... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like I managed to have a really good time when we were away. But when I got back, I felt like I was like in some long COVID situation for a week and wasn't feeling that great. But I'm feeling great now. Here we are about to go on another trip for a work. He's going on a work trip and we have a bunch of American Airlines credits. So we're going to crash it. Um, I love it. It's not a crash. It makes me feel less guilty about going away. So I'm happy to have you guys there. It should be great. Here we are. I think you're long. You're uh, not be feeling like yourself was a result of. We had just gotten back and you went to Beyonce the night before. I did. And then you had the whole week of returning back to normal life in front of you. And I wasn't even there. So I think while our probably, house is a work zone. Oh, yeah. Also, like you cannot. And if I, I could get really. How TMI? That's who TMI. I don't know. Um, okay. Probably. I was, if, you, if you had to question it, the answer is yes. I get so much of my business told to me by other people because you share everything on the Internet and elsewhere. And people start telling me, so your house looks like a war zone. You get a lot of work. They're like, yeah, I am. But why you know what's happening in my house right now um but yeah so it was a lot um and look at me not being too team it was a lot but we're back now we are back back now um so i have a rose well this rose isn't exactly about you but it's kind of related to you because of you i and like i think because of the podcast and like me following like you i get like pushed instagram um 
content that I wouldn't like. They put it in your feed now. I guess like an ad or trying to get you to follow different like sports related stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. And it wasn't Jalen, even though obviously I love when I get Jalen content. Yeah, I think you get Jalen content with or without being a part of the podcast. Speaking of Jalen, this isn't the rose, but I saw um, something on Instagram that his screen background on his phone is a picture of him after he lost the Super Bowl. I'm so excited to see him this season. I'm like, that is that's so he's have any kids or anything. Well, that has nothing there. to so, do with anything. Um, <laughs> but just because uh, I said I said Jalen hurts. So I'm saying speaking of Jalen, but anyway, my rose is that I get um, like Instagram stuff, and I would have never heard of this guy otherwise. Jamal, is it Williams yeah, for the Jamal Saints? Williams. He's, he's from L.A. Oh, I didn't know what position he was. I know he's from L.A. Or I think. I should. Yeah. I, I think so. And he now is playing in New Orleans. And after seeing this one clip and like probably looking at it too many times, it pushes more clips of him. Where like the first one, he was t- saying how he didn't really like beignetis. He meant beignets. Um, <laughs> and calling them beignetis. And yeah. then another one, he, he was like running around only signing people who brought him anime gifts yeah, <laughs> autographs for them. But he was just so joyful. Like, and that's what, for me, I think, like, obviously people like sports for different reasons and, like, sports are entertainment. But, like, when there's, like, joy in sports, like, whether it's because you can really get behind the team that wins or it's, like, the one shining moment on uh, CBS, a uh, competitor, sorry, ESPN. Um, there's no competitors. Oh, there's Worldwide no leaders. Like, that's what I love about sports. Like, I'm not a competitive person. I really generally don't care who wins or loses a game. Um, But the joy and like, so I really love Jamal Williams and the joy he seems to bring. And and I'm probably going to watch the Saints and see if he's like that joyful during the games. I guess it's hard to be. I'll show you his clip from Hard Knocks last year. It wasn't it wasn't joyful. It wasn't sad. It was like more impassioned than anything about how important it was. He was on the Lions at that point to win for the Lions. But yeah, he's a I think I prefer joy than passion. He's a fun. He's a fun, interesting character. I think you say this a lot that you're not very competitive, but you I guess it depends on what you are competitive about. Because yeah, you're not all that competitive I do in like, like sports, but to play taboo, but I don't like to keep score because I don't care who wins, but I like to know I did well in my taboo. You round. get really impe- competitive in your taboo. No, rounds. I don't keep I don't even I keep mean score. with yourself. Like it's not like I yeah, don't care I'm whether you get this or not. If people aren't guessing right, they're gonna catch the heat. If you feel like you missed the opportunity. People guess right. My clues are so good. You go and guess it. We played taboo on here before. We gotta bring it back since I'm you're so good the at best taboo. taboo. It's like really the only game I'm good at. Like if you put Monopoly in front of me, I'll be like, I'm gonna go serve you guys drinks. I would never play a game of Monopoly. You don't taboo. So, I will play all day. You are. I love taboo. You are competitive about your, I guess, wardrobe planning and and costumes. I'm competitive about getting people. I mean, getting a lot of luggage. I burst it a suitcase today for the first time and I don't think it was what I had in it today it wasn't that full it's, it's a, probably it's a wear and tear residual test from yeah. stress from Hawaii but I'm still gonna hit up away luggage and be like hey can we get this repaired it's not even a year you brought old up Hawaii and like I feel um, like we oh have to God, at least so we were in uh, Maui days before the wildfires and like, in those ex- was perfect we were, in, we're in, Lahaina. in Lahaina in those exact locations and like no one was even talking about like potential for storms which I think it's, is a lot of yeah that's a lot of the concern yeah. right now but but it was it's real hard it was to perfect. watch. We have a picture of Avery, my oldest, eating ice cream. Well, we have a picture of us in front of the banyan tree that like yeah, lots of pictures of us from the banyan tree. <laughs> really? Over the years we do, and we have a lot just from this last trip. Um this bit this um like I think it's been there since the eighteen hundreds, this banyan tree in Lahaina, um, this part of Maui. Um 
that we visit whenever we go to Maui. And so we used to go without the kids and take pictures before there they were lot. born. Yeah. And now we went back. So we like made the kids take a picture with us there. But I think even more notably, and that's gone or apparently the vegetation's gone and it's probably really, really damaged and may not survive the tree itself. Um, but also I have a picture of Avery eating her Dole Whip like in this spot. And I saw on GMA the first day they were reporting about the fire. I saw Ginger Z um, talking about it. And the the there must be just like a stationary camera there because I've seen a lot of news use this same image. But it's like literally right where Avery was standing. And now it just looks like some hellscape. Like, and so it's so crazy. And obviously, like, who cares if I was just in a fire? Wherever there's a fire that destroys, you know, towns where people live and work and kills like I think right now they're saying it's at 103 was the last number I saw that kills people it's a um, tragedy but it is crazy it's like we were just there and it's such a special place like so I keep like wanting to donate or donating and and reading about and thinking about what we can do Um, but it is such a special place Um, sorry for the the, for the sad detour but but it is the most deadly fire though in the wildfire in the U.S. in the last century Um, like it is um, which I mean I mean that that is that speaks to the fact that it feels like more could have been done because if yeah people uh, could get out yeah i don't know how to how to curve this back into the rest of roses and thorns i don't know if we should but if there are other things that you wanted to touch on um one i saw coming back from hawaii um, so that's the segue i saw that apple is doing the super bowl halftime show this year and that one of the people there's like they're down to three people and I feel like it should be Usher. Like, it makes the most sense. It's in Vegas. He's got a residency. The other people were people like, no one wants to see them. If Usher's performing a Super Bowl, last year, my son's birthday was like the weekend of Super Bowl. His birthday is always now since they added that game around Super Bowl. And we'd already, it was his 10th birthday. We'd already planned a party. And at whatever point he realized this, the Ravens were still in the playoffs. So it was like right before they ended up losing, though. He was like, can we just cancel our party and go to Super Bowl for our birthday? I'm like, well, that's really expensive, Declan. We cannot bring a family of five to Super Bowl. That's too expensive. But let somebody me tell gets, you right now. Somebody gets awfully frugal when it's about other people's <laughs> good times. Let me tell you right now. If Usher is announced as the performer in Vegas, we are bringing a family of five we plus f- a babysitter. We saw Usher. Okay. We and saw, I, and he performed I loved it and I want three to see feet him from again, you. And like, I want to see it again. So I do. And go see what, a Super Bowl performance that's going to be nowhere near as intimate and as the performance. And it's on Declan's birthday. So we have to bring the kids. So um, if, if Lamar Jackson's in it, then. And if Lamar, but even if he's not, because we want, we'll need to start looking for tickets before we know. But what if, guys, it's Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts? Because that's AFC and NFC, right? So yeah, they could meet so. in the Super Bowl. I honestly don't know who I root for. I know I talk about Jalen Hurts a lot on here, but I love the Ravens as an organization. Like you play from them, they're just so classy. Like I know Ozzie Newsom isn't still there. John Harbaugh's still the coach, yeah. but like Ozzie's um, but Ozzie a consultant. Was, okay, there yeah, we go. This is, this and is like, all just because two Ozzie, of my, no, and Ozzie's, two of my law school friends there. Oh, yeah, one yeah. of them, two black men, Brandon Etheridge is the general counsel, and well, the other one's not my friend, but I heard he went to my law school. The president of the Ravens, um, Pages has um. Sashi. Yeah, Sashi Brown. So, so like so I have a lot Paige's of reasons husband, to love. That's hilarious. Yeah, Paige's husband. I have a lot of reasons to love the Ravens. Um they I once saw an article on ESPN actually that was like biggest like bus. <laughs> okay, how much like overpaid someone was for their output for a team. Dominique was a number one for the Ravens because yeah, he only played one season money, and they yes, and I love them for that. Well, they didn't um, have a choice. It was contractually yeah, ob- obligated okay, to pay more okay, money. Okay, but. okay, they should have cut you before they, that. They last did season. eventually. I know, but before they could have uh, cut you a little earlier. I'd have been fine with that. The money was still gonna come no matter what. What's the contract was signed? I know, but I think had they cut you, it wasn't all guaranteed, and had they cut you like a 
few games earlier of that last season, it would have been different. You don't know anything about. I do about. How... I'm, I'm actually right, guys. Okay. Well, you know. had your injury insurance, but like, if you think about what you had guaranteed versus what you were still owed, they still owed you some money. And if you cut someone, like you were done with injury protection, and if they had cut you like before you played in the real season, you played like two downs, I think, in the real season that year. The second year. The second year of your injury. I can't imagine anything more boring than you reciting anyway. Peter Confania's analysis of uh, No, anyway, NFL take that contracts. out. Take that out. Just know I really love the Ravens a lot. So if they played um, Jalen's team, first of all, like you're going to get a black quarterback win regardless. Um, I don't know who I would root for, but that's the thing. I would still find joy and I wouldn't care. And I'd be like, yes, like one of these fine young gentleman is going to win the Super Bowl and I'm so happy about that so that's one thing I want to go to the Super Bowl another thing and this is where I'll end and I think um Declan's thing was a little bit deeper and we talked about Hawaii which is deeper and this might be a little bit deeper but first it made me laugh a friend of mine who I grew up with DM'd me um she, we were in Girl Scouts together and she was like oh my god I'm sitting in my PD and my principal is like playing some like quotes from your husband like a little clip of his podcast and showed like him and then was like showed him on the screen and had like a little bio I can't I tried to show Dominique but on Instagram sometimes like if someone sends you a picture or video it disappears after one watch so I can't show him but like and it was like a white man it looked like or maybe he was really light skin but like like normally you know if it's like black people who like you more she's at a school in DC and is there in her training and like randomly saw her friend's husband on the screen and the guy it was like meant to be motivational I couldn't really hear exactly everything that he was saying but like it's just so cool to think you never know who you're inspiring like and who what you know like like he's playing this to inspire his teachers of I think elementary school teachers like and so that is uh, that is uh, the thing that rem that I get reminded of whenever I do feel like uh, we're talking about football is that like there is a lot of power to being in this position and being in this place and when you get the opportunity to do things uh or say things that represent a people people that don't get represented you have to take those opportunities and when you get an opportunity to speak to people uh and try to like impart whatever knowledge or give them a runway to get some self-exploration or improve themselves in any way like it's kind of a joke it's just a podcast but you do are in people's ears and are in people's lives a lot which is why I like to bring all of me here, including my kids. All right, I want to try something different. Minute with my man. Come on in, Deck. This is my son, Declan. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see... Um, our son. Sometimes I do call him his son. Yes. Generally, <laughs> our son. He's our son. You got a microphone? Yes, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy too. I'm not at all nervous. I'm very confident <laughs> and excited about this. <laughs> all right, cool. Good laughs. All right, so I was reading an article this morning about masculinity, and it made me wonder what you think being a man is. It's a surprise question. I didn't prepare you for this one. We had something else to talk about, but I was wondering. Having a cool beard and being allowed to play tackle football. Oh gosh, that's those, oh. are, those are all okay. Well, you, you know what? If you can't play tackle football till you're a man, great for us. Forget seventh grade, <laughs> well, which is you, now what we're flirting. Seventh with. grade is man. You got you got your jokes off. The moment I get the beard, I'm a man. <laughs> you got your we jokes off. Do you have anything else more in depth about what being a man means to you? I mean, I guess it's not a conversation. Are we going to get demonetized if I say this? Say what? Never mind. I, I'm demonetized? nervous now. <laughs> Somebody's been watching too much YouTube. 
Yep. All right. We need to suspend that. All right. The reason why I had you come on is because I needed you to teach us something new. We have a book that we read that's about philosophy that has some interesting thoughts in it. So what's your big idea for us today? Knowing, knowing yourself and your emotions. So. Could you give me an example? Um, like, per, for example, if you if you ever asked your dad to play catch with you and he said no because he has to work. If, he, if you ever ask your dad to play catch with you and he says no because he has to work. This. And this, and then you're mad all day, and you knock over your your um siblings' block pile or something. Then are you really mad at your siblings? I mean, I see you over there. You don't even play with blocks. Anyways, are you really mad at your si- Are you really mad at your siblings, or are you just mad at them? And then later you come back saying, "I hate you. You're so mean. Why don't you play football with me?" Like when you said I could take apart the TV, but you put it by the trash cans. The only way I can take it apart now is if I'm sitting in the middle of the street. So you got to know yourself. You got to know what is driving how you're feeling on the inside. Yeah. So that's a good lesson for us. I mean, for you and for me and for everybody who's paying attention. This book that they read, guys, I it's like a daddy son thing. Um, and it's so interesting how many times like like whatever it has little how about two or three page, four page, I don't know, stories, a lot of them. And how often the lessons are so on point, like we'll, they'll just randomly pick a story in it. and It'll be the know yourself story after like someone has flipped out on someone First else story. when someone else did nothing else to them. And really, it's about other emotions. And they read it that same night. Um, it's been like the you're best. about to start well, crying. No, and that just me. I'm not about oh, to start okay. um, So it's been great. Yeah, it's a philosophy um, book. It's been really useful for me, too, I think. And parenting is, is important to be reminded if you're upset about something to know that it's the something else that is happening and all the other lessons. So hopefully Declan um, gets Sometimes it's a thing, though, that you're directing your anger at. I just want to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. It's, it's also true. So anyway, if you get comfortable, hopefully we can do this again. But I wanted to bring in the girls okay, for Roses and Thorns. I got more. I got more. Uh, hold it, Emerson. I got more. So a metaphor that they used in the book was a snake, which I didn't find make sense until I actually read it. They said the head of the snake is where the head of the snake is where all of the um madness is, and the back of the snake is peaceful where it really started. You need to find where it started. I don't know, like a snake twisting around a branch. I forgot half of it. So come on in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's gotta, that's a mommy type story. That's what he gets from me. Can I give you guys an example of the last time he was his son? Declan is so funny. So I was wearing this dress in Hawaii. I thought I looked so fly in Hawaii, right? And I had this dress on that was like, it was one piece, but it looked like two pieces and it was yellow up top and green, like sarong looking on the bottom with a little cutout. It fit me well. I thought I looked great. Declan said to me, it was like the dress, like the, I was. We were there for six nights. The, what like I was corn. most excited, I looked like a corn. And when I looked at like the corn emoji compared to like myself, <laughs> I looked like corn. I was like, and this is Dominique's son. And now I'm never gonna be able to appreciate. But it was so true. But like still, now I look back and I'm like, man, I really look like corn that night. Why would they make a dress to look like corn? Maybe he was Dominique's son that day. Yes, he is my son that day. Um, All right. Um. So. Rose and Thorns, let's close it out. We've had a really long and exciting summer, so I'd like to give it to my daughters. And we daughters, still have three weeks. Yay. My daughters, Avery yeah, and Emerson, and see what their Roses and Thorns were from this week. And we're headed right to the airport to go to Miami after this. All right, Emmy, what do you got? My woes is that we get to go to Miami today, and my phone is that it's only free night. Hey, I packed flexibly. Yeah, I don't know. We might stay a little longer. My rose is that we went on a lot of vacations this summer, and my thorn is... Some people push me this summer. 
Some push people you push you like push mentally. mentally. <laughs> Some people push me now. Is what she is upset about? I wonder what she who. thinks she's upset about, or is, is it something else? Do right, you well, think that's people. what you're upset about? Thank you. I will not regret it. A rose and a thorn hey, from I'm Declan. Not done. Okay, no. Um, my a rose, rose and a thorn is that we're going to Miami soon, and my thorn is that I cannot play tackle football. Yeah. Okay. And but when he's wanna, a man with a goatee in seventh grade, watch out, world. I want to thank all my wonderful children and wife. And of course, thank Christina, Adi, Sarah, and also the good people at Podville. And we out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.